Hello and welcome to Gravitas Wins Radio. I'm Joseph Jude, your host. When we were kids, we learn only via stories. They could be fables, parables, short stories, or even novels. The principles that have survived thousands of years were all passed through stories. But somehow, when we get into our jobs, we forget the power of storytelling. Krishna Kumar, my guest today, have used the power of storytelling to build a powerful career. And now he coaches others about it. If you want to learn the power of storytelling in business, there is no better person than KK. I hope you will enjoy our conversation today and get some useful tips as well. Hello, Krishna. Welcome to the Gravitas Wins Radio. Great to be there on the show, Joseph. Thank you. KK, let's start with this. What is your backstory? <laughs> Did you stumble into this or was it a well-planned career move? So it was not a well-planned career move. I think it was very accidental, I would say. I'm an engineer by education and then I was in the engineering for like 10 months, just 10 months right after graduation. Then I felt that that was not where I belonged to. And then I switched to sales. Even though I was more of an introvert, I thought like to learn more about sales, I just wanted to do an MBA and I did an MBA program at Pondicherry Central University, full-time program. And right after that, all my career has been in sales. So I graduated in 2009 and then till 2016, 2017, I've been in sales in some form or the other. There is a big saying in sales, people don't buy from companies, but they buy from people. So I started writing about oh, what we can do. I mean, what, what are the problems these companies are facing? Telecom companies actually selling to telecom companies. There were three to, I mean, four large telecom operators in South Africa and a bunch of extended companies like the fiber ISP, ISPs or the internet solution provider things. So my market was such a small in the sense it's like maybe 10 to 12 companies is what I can go on. And there are four large companies out. So basically I need to get into any of those, right? So, so for me to get noticed, I need to show them that I know stuff. So that is how I started. Then I picked up, started writing on LinkedIn, spoke about the challenges, the usual challenges, telecom space. Uh, it could be on customer experience, it could be on operational expenditure related stuff, OPEX process uh, optimization related stuff. So how technology can solve that problems and what are the benefits that, I mean, what are the benefits they can, they can realize. So those are the things that I started writing up. So initially four or five months, I struggled. I mean, you go there, you, you do things the hard way. You call people, you send the emails, the, the response rates and other things are very low. It is quite natural because coming from nobody, why would somebody respond? So once I started doing this for a period of time, then there was a difference in the response rate. So when I send an email message or something, then I started getting more responses. The response rates started like I got start. I, I started getting meetings with the head of departments or the VPs. That sort of people started appreciating. I mean, I mean, naturally, once they send an email or something, they go and look at my LinkedIn profile. And once they, they, they have read through one or two posts, they know that, okay, this guy knows some stuff. Maybe he gives some time. So that's how I actually, it was a very accidental coincidence or I mean, one out of necessity. Is storytelling in business only useful for sales and marketing? How about somebody like me who is in technology, purely into coding, purely into software development? Is that useful at all? 
Yeah, it is useful. At the end of the day, what sales or marketing does is take the technology products. I mean, I have been selling mostly technology products or services. So we just articulate in a different manner from a mostly from a customer point of view. Right? Like what generally have felt or seen with our tech, uh, leaders is they try to make their product or service as the hero, which is a big mistake they do because they're so passionate about what they have built, the type of technologies, the, the latest tools they have used, all of that. All of that is fine, but at the end of the day, technology is just a platform to achieve certain things, right? Like the end goal is a business benefit or you are solving some pain. You are basically doing only two things, right? Like either you're unlocking a new opportunity or you're solving a pain. So, I mean, technology is trying to do either of that in, in most of the situation or both in certain situations. So it, it, is, it is useful for all sorts of professions, I would say, right from HR, because there is a lot of interest at the point of time, point of time to build an employer brand because no more, it's, it's like an employer's market. It's more like an employee market, even though current situation now is more like a very tight end situation. But I think HR is trying to build or the overall leadership is also building an employer brand, employee storytelling matters. Even at a uh, project level, a project manager can do a team leader can still so it it is it is it can be applied across functions across layers okay you said that it can be used at a team leader perspective or a project manager can you give me some examples of that yeah so at a team level or a project level so the project manager probably is managing a small section of the overall program you can see but if the overall goal, I mean, we know this to the project planning, agile model or scrum and other things. But what if we do it like, I mean, the, the programmers who are doing this, right? Like basically the manager is managing the team members or the software engineers. So instead of saying that we need to do this X release by X date and these are the things that, how about saying that what is the impact this thing will create, right? Like once this, this module is created, what is the problem it will solve or what is the opportunity it will unlock for the end customer, right? Like most of the times what happens is at the engineer levels, they don't even know sometimes like mm. at a, which customer, for which customer they are working, for which project they are, I mean, what, what is the business unit for which they are working, what that business unit does actually, and then why this project has come to us, things like that, right? Like if you know that thing, right, like the basics. Then an engineer will know the overall picture, the whole, whole picture. And within that, where this, probably this small work is going to fit in, right? Like then we will be in a much more better position and informed position to work on it. And I mean, I, I have seen that outcome will be different in most situations, right? Because people know like what, what step they are working on. Very true. Very true. I agree with you on that. When we know, even when I'm on a lower level, I'm just a developer starting out in a company. When I know what's the impact I have, whether on the company or on the customer, and the customer and the top leaders appreciate that particular impact that has been brought forth by the coding or by the effort, there's a lot of ownership that comes yeah. because of that. Yeah. And then when there is an ownership, there is always, there's a lot more input that you can put in when you bring in your heart and not, not just your hands. So I agree with you on that, KK. KK, you also talked about, you have been writing on LinkedIn. How has it helped you? Writing on LinkedIn, I see that even now you are very, very consistent every day you write. How has it helped you, KK? So it has helped on many fronts, I'd say, right? Like starting out from, that is that is the way in which somebody saw that I have flourished in a field which was not in my 
forte, what was I was doing earlier. So that so new opportunities, new career came through that. And then I also got to speak at different forums, like a lot of invitations came like from MP schools or from universities, teach startups. I was even there in one of the startup competitions, helping the teams to help them in their pitch, actually start with their investors or things like that. So things like that. And the industries from industry also, a few companies have invited me as guest speaker to, to their teams. And then it also, it also has got me into the top 200 creators of LinkedIn last year when they announced the first, first of India's LinkedIn creator program. So I got to be one of those lucky 200 in India. So prior to that, there was only one program they did in US, which was under created. The second one, they started in India and we had like 200 creators coming from all walks of life on different programs. So my pitch was more about, there was a pitch to be sent and I chose business storytelling for leadership and leaders, sales and marketing as one of my core areas that I will focus on. And I got an opportunity into that cohort. And so, so yeah, I think in many ways it has helped. And I mean, a lot of people now who I have not actually <clears throat> interacted with in person. So they know me more from what I write about rather than with which company I work for, right? So I'm creating my own personal brand at this time. So all of that has really helped me. And in fact, for, for that fact, you and I got to know probably through that. So yeah, I think that's, that's the power of writing consistently on it. Okay. Now you have, you have started off as writing the problems the customer would face and for marketing, you've written a lot on LinkedIn. From all of these things, if you were to say, what are the basics of storytelling for business? What would you say? So I, this is something which I picked from one of the books that I've read, Stories at Work by Indranil Chakravarti. So he's part of the larger ecosystem of Anecdote International, which teaches the storytelling for leaders companies. So in that they say, this is the definition or this is the, this is what business storytelling is. It's not the, what is performed on the, on the drama or, or on a set or something like that. So business storytelling is different. So what they, they talk about three elements. Stories are something which is set in a context and then delivered with emotion and with impact, right? Like wrapped up in emotion and delivered with impact. So you need to have a context, you need to have emotion, which is, which is an essential part of any story. And then it creates an impact at the end of it. So when, when all these three comes together, so you're able to do that is, that is, these are some of the essential, I mean, three essential contents of business story. See. Okay. So you have, you have talked about these three elements. Can you now share <clears throat> some of the examples of good storytelling? What, whatever you have seen, okay? And also, what's the bad story? Okay, okay. So a couple of companies I would take reference. These are not companies which I am associated with in any way. One is a company called Zora. They are a billing platform for recurring businesses. So they provide billing solutions. So you can automate the So I think, I'm not sure like what is the year, maybe probably at least eight to seven, eight years back. They, they made a presentation deck about their company and if you search the greatest sales deck ever written or something like that so you will find this and uh, one of the i mean one of the persons who might admire andy raskin so he's one of the world leaders in business so he has written this level so in that 
they bring in a very nice narrative actually. So usually a lot of companies, what they do is in their corporate tech, they start with their company when they start tired all of that. But uh, this is, this company, like if you go and see, and it was done like seven years back, they start with the overall the industry or what is the change that is happening and what is driving those. They start with companies like the IBMs of the world. So they had sold large business, I mean, software, software company. But uh, things were changing. So it's one big quality, I think, at one point of time, purchase. Things are changing from one-time purchase to recurring purchases. So companies are becoming more subscription-driven or you, you buy on an e basis, you buy on portal. That instead of one big bulk purchase at one point of time, you are putting it across installments and you need to renew the subscriptions or you're on a recurring thing. They, they bring that change, right? Like you are, you, I mean, industry has been like this. Now it is changing like this. And what are the factors that are driving it? So they are putting that layer on, again on that. So people are more consumed by social media and things like that. So they bring a lot of various flavors that support that narrative and why this, why this change happened. And then to power that, they, they tell that, power the subscription economy, that word also, they trade more. So they, they bring in their solution at the end of it. So if you look at that, say each deck or a sales deck, it's like almost 20 slides or something like that. The whole number of decks. But just for a crude purpose, I'm telling, only the last three to four slides will be about what Zora is doing. If you say, if you look at it, 75% of that is setting the context, giving information, why change is happening. What is So it's, it's a classical, one of the classical storytelling thing is the old versus the new, the good versus the evil, that sort of a thing, right? Like this storytelling falls into the frame of the old world versus the new world. So... For any company that wants to transform from a old world, they want to go to a new world, they need to be part of this journey or they need to be part of the subscription. So they're building a overall ecosystem like economy and things like that. So it is not about them. It is about the customer's problem they are solving. So it's not about them anymore. So that is how they have brought in that narrative. And this is one good story. The other example in Indian context, I would say is a company called Rocket Lane, who it's a very small startup at this point of time compared to what Zoe is. But there, if you go and read about them, uh, there is a thing called our why. And it clearly says like, why, I mean, they, they, they tell their journey. Like they tell, we have done antelope boards, we have done Excel sheets, all of that, but nothing has helped them on their personal level. And then they, they, they figured out there is no other way. There is no other solution that is out there who's trying to solve this problem. So we are building it for you. We, we had gone through that journey. Now we don't want you to go through the same pain. So we are here to help you. So they are putting their why as solving customers' problems. So this is another good storytelling. So it's, it's, it's just like few words they have written, but it is very impactful and it tells a big good story about why they are in that business. So these are the two examples I would say about good story. Right? If I need to come to a bad storytelling, when something is not related to your cause, admission or values, just to ride on a moment or ride on a wave, if you start doing this, that will not be related to you. So basically, an underlying element in story is trust. So if mm. your company is standing for certain things, you should not go away from that and do certain things, right? Like, which is not in alignment to this. You can be in a liquor business. You can be in a, in a carpeted water business. That is your business. You do certain things for that. Now, going and telling certain things, right? Like, which is not very much in that scope. 
and trying to like associate it with everything that is happening around the world because these days moment marketing and other things are there. So anything that catches the trend becomes viral. Everyone wants to go and ride on that wave. But the point is, if it is not aligned to the purpose, trying to associate with that is not going to help you. For example, in one one situation, McDonald's, or I think McDonald's. So they, in UK, they try to bring about a campaign about how some, I mean, there was a mother and son, they were walking and after, after, after burying their father, and then they go, then the mother t- takes her son to a McDonald's shop and they, he orders, his son orders a fillet flesh fish or something, fish or stuff. And her mother, his mother says that your father also used to like, so that's very bad stuff, right? Like we're trying to be taking on emotions and that is a wrong emotion to pick. Somebody's father has died and you're associating that with, okay, your father used to like this and now you're also like, this, this is really bad. And there was so much outrage and things like that, that happened around that time. That's one major change. Relevance is more important to what we not just, I mean, going on every other thing, right? Because that's one big thing that people should avoid in bad. Thanks. Thanks for both the examples. Speaking of this storytelling, <clears throat> as an executive, and I'm sure now that you are leading the marketing teams and that you have done this, there's a lot of numbers and charts and all of those things we need to present. Yeah. Now, sometimes it could be for internal meetings, it could be for board meetings, it could be in a CXO meeting, but sometimes it could also be on a client meeting. How do I bring in certain kind of a narratives when I'm presenting numbers? Yeah, so here I want to take the example of Professor Ashwat Damodran, the New York University Professor mm-hmm. in Valuation. So he says every number in evaluation should be backed by a story and every narrative should be backed by a number. So it is, it is so much influenced in valuing a company itself. What maybe like five years or 10 years back, what you would have thought like it's a pure Excel sheet driven stuff valuation of identifying the share price of company, future share price of company, and then you going and making that. So he himself is advocating that. Every number should be associated with the backstory and every narrative should be backed by a number. So basically, that is how much important numbers and stories go together. Numbers, you most of the times you feel that it is, it is plain hard fact, but the story is what is adding that emotion or the context to, to that number itself. So I think whenever we are going and presenting any number for that matter, you need to build that context actually. Basically bring that context and within that context place that number, right? Instead of saying 30% of our revenues or 30% of our customers are churning, how about putting like one in three customers are churning at this point in time? And how are you going to address this, right? Like because 30% is something we don't know, right? Like it's, it's a very vague thing, for example. If you say instead of that, like one in three customers churning, which is a big, which is, which, which brings that element of impact, creates an impact. Out of three, one person is going off. So what you can do to trust that content? So, yeah, numbers can also be represented and talked in a different manner. Saying 30%, you can say LP and things like that and give that context. So basically that will help solve the problem to, to a large extent is what I'm Okay. I, I think the example that I think goes back to that framework that you talked about. Yeah. There's, a, there's a context which is in relevance and then there is a, you're, you're giving it certain kind of a numbers and then the impact and then the further actions and everything. So, so I, I agree with you on that. KK, okay. Now I'm listening to you. <laughs> I understand this context. I understand the power of storytelling. 
how do I get started? That's a tough question. I just want to. Okay. So, so Joseph, for me, how I once I once I decided, I'll tell like how I went through this journey, right? Because I got into this without knowing what it is, and mm-hmm. because certain natural things were there for me, just more more of my own personal strengths, I will not be able to say that this will work for you, right? But what I did was once I did, once there was a thing that made right? like okay, I'm switching from sales. To so I started reading more literature around that. And one of the things that fascinated during that is what is storytelling. So then I went to get I like deeper into that zone, started reading about basic theory, theoretical books, right? Like that's when a lot of these books, I came across books written by Dan and their brothers and professors. So they they written a series of books. And one of the things that I started reading was Wait to Stick. So it was a very interesting book, one of the must read books for business storytelling experience. Anybody, right? Lot of business books have lot of business stories. I would say or stories in a different context, but told in a business context. So though that, that is something which somebody can start with. The second one which I also stumble upon is in our internal chapter, the stories at work. That's a book which I read. It's written in very easy to understand manner, and he gives a lot of context and relevance and places. And he has also been a VP and a CMO and all of that, so he understands the whole practical aspect in the business world and he places none of these examples around that context. So again, that is a very um, good book. And then there is, if somebody is interested in branding and marketing, there is a book by Donald Miller and he also has written a series of books, Story Brand. If you search for that, there is more things around that. So these are the ways in which one can start reading. I would say first, maybe you can start reading and then you can go and watch videos yeah. of these people. Like, for example, Andy Raskin and all does podcasts and other things. So you can watch him talk about certain things. But before that, I would say you need to have a little bit foundation. So I would start with reading and then go to listening. And then you can read a lot about other things, right? Like the blogs and other things. So I also have a blog, which is a storytellingcop.com, where I write about business storytelling, leadership communication, HR-related storytelling, all of So, yeah. So these are things that one can start looking at when they want to start. Okay. Okay. I have read all of these things. I have listened to some of these things. What should I share? Say, for example, I want to start writing in LinkedIn. And as you said, say, for example, problems faced by my customers. Say, for example. And what should I start writing on LinkedIn? Or say, for example, even in your blog that you're talking about. What should I write? Should I write only about what I learned from these books? How should I go about starting this corporate storytelling, so to speak? See, not everyone needs to write in my view, right? Like the sense on LinkedIn, for example. I mean, writing about storytelling on LinkedIn is not something which I would say for everyone, right? Like because they should feel passionate about that. Like I cannot write about, for example, anything other than my interest. I cannot write about like how AI technologies are changing or things like that. I don't have context or that's not my interest in technology. Uh, very specifically about evolution of software architecture or quality and all of that. So if you're feeling passionate about storytelling, then please go and write about it. But I don't think I just, it is, and for, for everyone there, they have some certain sweet spots and they're interested in So one person has to sustain and write for a consistent over a period of time. That person has to have certain love and passion for that thing and curiosity to learn more and stay at it. So 
I'd say that only if you are interested and you want to pursue this as one area of interest, yes, please do and uh, write uh, about whatever yes. you learn. Or you can also apply, okay, if I were not to apply storytelling, what I would have done? And if I were to apply storytelling and deliver this, how would I have done this, right? Like, you can juxtapose these two situations and see, like, what is the difference? You can explain that, for example. You can pick up anything, right? Like, for example, recently I, I wrote about a couple of things. Like, one is about how companies are telling stories, I mean, in their homepage. First scroll of that page. Because that's when, when people land, that's what they're going to see. And are they able to communicate rightly what problem they're solving and what is what's the, what customer get out of that? Have they clearly solved that issue for them? Or is there a vagueness in that? So those are things that I have dappled on. But again, writing on LinkedIn, yes, of course, anyone and everyone, whoever wants to be I'd say that maybe they should go with so that it helps in building their own personal brand, but also because not everyone, I mean, for example, when I started my career, like in early 20 years back, so it's a lot of things which, which I had not known then. If somebody had told me certain things, it would have helped change my direction or maybe a lot of, lot of inputs, right? Like we, we all have information overload or sometimes you are lost, right? Like, but. If somebody had told me like, okay, why don't you take this part? This, this is a good thing or this is how I went through this journey. So yeah, that's, that's one way to treat, right? Like sometimes when I write, I know some of my peers may say that this is very obvious. Why are you writing? But I'm sometimes writing it for my 20 year old self. Had I known this, that point of time, what it would have been, right? Like even now people are starting their journey. Like people are starting their career. There is a whole bunch of people there. So they all need this information and we have come through this stage. So I'm not writing for probably that point of the writer for my peers. Maybe they are, they are experts in that. But I'm writing it for my own and 20 year old self, somebody like me who is in that stage at this point of time. So probably for him or her, it is useful. So, I mean, that is something which you can pick and write, like your area of expertise, whatever you feel comfortable sharing, please. Fair point, fair point. KK, you talked about, you analyzed first fold of companies. What did you learn from that? If I were to have a company yeah. and some of the executives of the companies are listening, what should be in that first fold? What attracts people? What should be there? Yeah, what should be there? You know, like uh, that is not the place to make yourself as the hero, right? Like, but probably because that's the first impression you're forming to your customer. So basically it should, it should tell them what, what is the business you are in, but primarily what problem you are solving for them, right? I mean, Basecamp is one company which is in the project management software or something, and they have revamped their website, but this is something which I wrote sometime back. So I had their homepage. So it, it, in it, it had a very clearly, they have distinguished. So people are having multiple things at multiple places. It's very unstructured. So I'm before Basecamp, this is how your life will be is, is actually, and after Basecamp, this is how your life will be. And then they are giving a call to action of how, how can they go about change their, their, their in a world, right? Like, so it was very clear. So they are helping solve their unstructuredness in companies. I mean, in executive life, which is very chaotic, messy, and they're not able to meet timelines or not. Now with that, with Basecamp, they are able to streamline things. They are giving back, they're able to give back time to them. They're able to give back peace of mind, all of that. So that's, that's one way to look at it. And that is one good example, which I would say that one should go about, right? So. Basically, tell in clear, simple terms what you're solving and what is the benefit they're going to get. How can people connect with you online? 
Yeah, I'm very active on LinkedIn, like what you said. <laughs> so my ID is Choritilari Krishna or something I can give you after this thing. So that's the most, I mean, active and more quicker way to connect and responses. So yeah, I would say that LinkedIn is the main thing. And uh, yeah. Yes. LinkedIn URL itself tells you a brand story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lovely. KK, thank you for taking the time. But I ask about three rapid fire questions to all my guests. Okay. And I'm going to ask you that. Okay. And given your context, I'm, I'm sure you're going to give me an interesting answers. What's the kindest thing anyone has done for you? In my second job, I would say. So I was very new to, I was in a very new city, like Tirupur and Yerod. And the, the person who was managing that unit. So he was actually, I mean, I was very just like out of college, like just one year out of college. And I was very lost actually at the point of time. And he actually told certain things about life and what he has gone through. And I mean, probably he saw me struggling or he was seeing that, okay, I was not feeling comfortable and things like that. So he, I didn't even ask him or I was not even in that zone, but he took me uh, under his wings and told me that this, this is something which is a passing phase and just stick on. And I mean, we are there around and so for somebody who is who's at like 21, 22 years in a very different stage. And yeah, I think that was, that was something which I remember always made a lot of difference at the Thank point you. of time. And it is very. Thank you. This podcast is about leadership. So in that, what is leadership and who has exhibited in your life? So there are multiple people actually for me, from my leader's standpoint, right? Like there are different ways of exhibiting leadership, like not just people above you, but also your peers also sometimes, I mean, they can also be leaders and help. So that is my take. But um, I, I, I mean, there are multiple people, I would say, like the past company president or the CEO, they all have at various points of time in my long stint there, like around eight years. So I have seen that. And yeah, I think one, one of my earlier companies, my previous boss, like his name was RTV. So he told, like, see, you had been in the system and I, I have joined and almost one year has gone. And he came to me and one day and in the lift, he was, we were having a normal casual conversation. And he was, Krishna, like, what if from next financially downwards, why don't you take what we are doing, what I've been managing, why not you take ownership of that? I was little, <laughs> very perplexed and I was very shocked actually because I didn't anticipate because I'd always been like a team member and I was happy in the, in that small world. But he, he put me in a spot and said that you are ready for the next role. Are you, I mean, I want you to take that. So, so yeah, I, I why don't you, why don't you raise your hand and let's, let's get into the next. I didn't even realize that I was ready there or I would be comfortable doing that. And he, he actually moved to a different business unit and he said that going forward, he will manage them. So. That was one big leadership thing, right? Like, I mean, leaders know when, mm -hmm. even though you are not ready or you don't feel that you are not ready, but they see your potential in certain area. It has happened to me in multiple instances. And this is one of the first things that I could remember like one of them. And yeah, they, they know your potential, even though you may not realize it. And they give you, they unlock opportunity for you, which may take you to a next level in your career. Very, very fine example of leadership. I concur with you on that, uh, KK.
What's your definition of living a good life? Living a good life, yeah, I think one is you being happy and you don't make others feel sad about that. Thank you. Thank you. That's a very nice place to end. KK, KK, I know you are busy and you are on vacation. Thank you for taking your time speaking to me about corporate storytelling. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Joseph. Thanks for this opportunity. I am looking forward to hearing more of your podcast. Thank you. All the best for the welcome. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. If you like the conversation, can I request you to share the podcast with others?